you are indeed greater than anything we encounter in this life. God, you are indeed our hope. You are our strength. And so, Lord, we look to you today. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us through song that you are greater and that we are children of the Most High. So, God, bless us now. Strengthen our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, again, we want to welcome you into our time together today, whether you're joining us by Facebook Live, by YouTube, whether you're watching this live or later, we really pray that everything we share today would in some way help you to remember God's faithfulness, God's goodness um, in these uncertain times that we find ourselves in. Um, my name again is Edrin Lee, pastor here at the sanctuary, and we're grateful to have you with us. We have been over the last two weeks now uh, looking at Psalm 46, a familiar psalm for many of us as a way of reminding ourselves of the assurance that we have in God. And we hope that you have been following along uh, with last week's message. We pray that you got your hands on our devotional that we put out this week, our Be Assured devotional. And we pray that you will today uh, jump back into God's Word with us as we look at a few more verses in Psalm 46. Uh, specifically, we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Psalm 46, verses 4 and 5. And so if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and cue that up, get that ready, and we're going to look at it together here in a, a few moments. Psalm 46, verses 4 and verse 5. Um, in, in the next few months here at Sanctuary, I, I'll celebrate nine years on staff as a part of the staff here at this church. And this past year of serving as senior pastor, um, almost a, a year now in this position, has provided me with a lot of opportunities to reflect back on my journey here at Sanctuary. And this week as I was studying and preparing for this message, I found myself thinking a lot about uh, the fact that when I came to Sanctuary, when I first joined the staff here at the church, um, I had no intention of staying here very long. Here, here's what I mean by that. I, I had served on staff of another large church here in the Twin Cities, and during my seminary years, felt called to multi-ethnic ministry. The sanctuary was by far a leader in this area in terms of what it looked like to be a reconciled congregation. And when I came to sanctuary and joined the staff, my hope was to come, serve faithfully, learn as much as I could so that I could in a few years, perhaps three years, be sent out to plant a very similar church with a very similar kind of DNA. And so after serving here for a few years, I, I found myself serving faithfully during the day, working as hard as I could. And in any free time that I had, I, I was dreaming and praying about this church that I felt God would allow me to plant and had called me to plant. During those years, I was having conversations with a few different church planning organizations, and some of the activities and work that I had to do in that season was to really begin to discern what specifically God was calling me to lead. What was this ministry, this potential church plant, going to be like and about? And so I was wrestling with questions like, what needs would this particular ministry meet? Uh, who would this church plant be for? How would this church plant be different than all the other church plants that were popping up all over the place? 
what would be the music style? Would it be gospel? Would it be contemporary? Uh, would it be something more acoustic? Would it be traditional or contemporary in the style? Would it be urban? Would it be suburban? Or would it be something in the middle? Uh, the, the, the part that I enjoyed the most, though, perhaps was wrestling with what a name would be and what the core mission of the church would be. And it was during those years of wrestling around this idea of planting a church that I came across a very familiar passage. It's actually our passage for today, Psalm 46, verses 4 and 5. Those verses for me rose to the top as a framing scripture for this potential church plant. And I want to read those verses now and just to get them into your hearing as, as we continue in this message. If Psalm 46, verses 4 and 5 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of, jo- of God, the, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. As I wrestle around what this idea of a church plant would be, what would it be like? Who would it be for? Where would it be? What would our, our, our DNA be like? Psalm 46, verse 4 and 5 became core to this identity of this thing that I felt God was placing in my spirit. And I, I settled on a name that I thought might work for us, but it, and that name was Mighty River. Mighty River Church, it was precisely because of verses 4 and 5 in Psalm 46. This church would be a community built on the peace that comes only from God. It would be a diverse community, much like sanctuary, of reconciled people whose lives had been transformed by the peace of God. And as a result, they were passionate about making that same peace known to others. Why? Because in my view, the world was in deep need of peace. Much was broken in the world. Injustice seemed rampant. Society was being held in a chokehold by racism, by sexism, and by classism. The the most vulnerable in our communities were being exploited, it seemed. It it, it really seemed to me that we were a sin-sick world and I believe then, as I do now, that only a Jesus-centered movement could bring healing to that world. Friends, many days on my lunch break or after work, I would make my way down West Broadway, make a right on West River Road. I would park my car there along the Mississippi River, and I would walk the Mississippi And I would pray for our city. I would pray for this church that I felt God had placed on my heart. And I would pray that the peace of God would come to us. In my mind, regardless of the swirling chaos all around us, regardless of the brokenness that seemed so evident everywhere, there was this imagery of a mighty river that came to me from Psalm 46, that provided me with a reminder that regardless of what was going on around me, God's peace and prosperity was right there in the midst of it all. Now, as much as I wanted to make that church a reality, God had other plans for me. 
And instead of leading, having me leave to start this ministry, God set me on a different path that has brought me to this place of becoming the senior pastor of this church. And I begin with that story not because I, I, I want anyone to be in any way enamored with my story, but I, I start with that story because I believe that even if you've never felt called to plant a church, even if you've never felt called to start something, I believe your journey and my journey have something in common. I believe that I'm not alone in feeling called to be a person of peace who, shares, who experiences the peace of God and then shares that peace with others. Brothers and sisters, I believe today that regardless of who you are, regardless of where you are today, we are all looking to experience peace ourselves and be agents of peace in a world that can often seem chaotic. Brothers and sisters, I believe if we ever could get below the surface, I believe if we ever got beyond the small talk, got beyond talking about the weather or the Vikings, that all, all those other things that we use to keep things comfortable when we're together. I believe if we were ever able to get past that, I am confident that all of us would be able to say that we share a deep desire to see in our lives and in the lives of others to see courage replace fear. I believe all of us want to see hope replace anxiety. I believe all of us want to see trust replace doubt. I believe that all of us, even the most nonchalant of us, are looking for peace in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. And brothers and sisters, you and I don't have to look very far today to search for examples of a world that needs peace. Brothers and sisters, we are in a challenging time. We gather, in fact, this morning without the blessing of proximity, we gather today without a handshake or a hug because our world seems to be in the midst of great uncertainty. We gather this morning across the globe and we are seeing the effects of coronavirus and it's impacting every single demographic in every single facet of our lives. I don't have to tell you today what it feels like as sickness and disease makes its way across the globe and all across our nation. I don't have to tell you what it feels like. As our, our health care systems are strained and stressed to the place where they're advising people to not even come to the hospital. I don't have to tell you today what it feels like as entire industries are forced to shut down and businesses are forced to close their doors and workers are laid off and, and, and financial markets take a nosedive. I don't have to tell you to imagine what that feels like. Brothers and sisters, these are uncertain times. And it can feel like, if we're honest, no one is in control. But in the midst of that uncertainty, as we sit in the weightiness of that moment, there is a word from the Lord. And that word comes to us like a strong light that pierces the darkest part of the night. That word is found in Psalm 46.1, and where the, word, the writer says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help. In trouble, in the midst of a most uncertain time, we have a word of hope that God is our refuge, God is our strength, God is an ever present help in trouble. 
And these words don't come to us out of context. God's people had just been delivered from a trial that certainly seemed poised to take them out. Their hearts had no doubt been troubled. Questions had surely come up. People were wondering, where was God in the midst of this struggle? Many of them, I'm sure, had given up because they were certain that all had been lost. But Psalm 46 tells us and reminds us of God's propensity to save his people from the most precarious of situations. And having seen God's power, the writers of Psalm 46 reach across time and declare to us today in the midst of our uncertain times, in verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. They say God is our refuge. God is a place of trust. God is a shelter from danger. God is our hiding place. They say that God is our strength. He sustains us. He empowers us by his spirit to be the people of God. The word reminds us that God is an ever-present help in trouble. One question, brothers and sisters, that we will never have to ask about God is where were you? God is an ever-present help in trouble. And because God is our refuge, because God is our strength, because God is an ever-present help in trouble, verse 2 of Psalm 46 says that therefore we will not fear. Because of who God is in verse 1, we can be who we're called to be in verse 2. Because God is our refuge, our strength, our ever-present help in trouble, we will not fear. We, we don't have to fear. But I can imagine that you may be wrestling with some of the very same questions that the original audience was wrestling with. But what happens when everything seems to be falling apart? What if the earth gives away? What if the mountains fall into the heart of the sea? What if the waters roar and foam? What if the mountains quake and surge? Brothers and sisters, in my spiritual imagination, I can see the writer of this psalm sitting with these questions. What if? What if the earth did give way? What if? What if the mountains actually did fall into the sea? What if nations and economies that had seemed invincible just months ago, began to crumble? And what if chaos seemed to be everywhere all at once? And I can imagine the writer sitting with those questions and wondering and wrestling with the what ifs. And I can see the writer taking inventory of the uncertainty and assessing the chaos that seemed to be swirling all around and still reaching out in verse 4, and grabbing a hold of peace. With everything swirling around them, with things seemingly falling apart, with, with the earth seemingly falling and, 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 and falling apart, the writers redirect their attention and our attention in verse 4, saying right there in the middle of the chaos, there is a river whose streams Make glad the city of joy. Right there 
in the middle of the peace, in the middle of the mess, there is a place. There is a place right there in the middle of the messiness where God dwells, where God's favor, God's peace and prosperity is readily available to God's children. The writer says right there in the mess, not after the mess is over, not before the mess began, but right there in the middle of the chaos, there is a river that signifies the favor of God, the peace and the prosperity of God. Right there in the messiness of the moment, there is a river where God dwells. And God's blessings flow out of that place to God's children. The, the writer gives us this beautiful imagery. If we'll let, if we'll let the, the, the text teach us, God gives us this beautiful imagery of a river in the middle of a city, and the waters of that river stream outward, and everywhere that water runs, it brings peace, and it brings prosperity, and it brings God's favor. The writer says to us, he, he's suggesting to us, I believe, that regardless of what's happening, the peace and power and presence of God flows to us as God's children. Listen, we know that the writer has to be speaking about spiritual blessings here because there actually is no river in the center of Jerusalem. There's, there's no river in Jerusalem. And so the writer is not talking about a physical river. The writer is speaking about the spiritual blessings that flow from God to God's children. The writer paints this picture of the favor of God, peace and prosperity, flowing out from that holy place, flowing out from beneath the throne of God, and flowing to God's people regardless of where they find themselves and regardless of the situation that they find themselves in. And that's good news for us today. Because perhaps you find yourself living on cynical circle. And I want you to know that if you are in this moment feeling more cynical than ever, I want you to know that God's peace flows to you. And maybe today your address reads Anxiety Avenue. I want you to know that the good news is that regardless of how anxious you may feel in the moment, God's peace flows to you. Regardless of where you are, regardless of what is breaking out around you, God's peace flows to us like a mighty river. That's what the Word of God says to us today. That's the assurance that we have in God today, that regardless of what is happening around us, there is available to us, right there in the middle of the mess, the peace of God. The peace of God. So my invitation to us today, sanctuary, is simply this. Pay attention to your peace. Pay attention to your peace. This week I found myself on a number of Zoom calls with our staff and with colleagues around the country, with a cohort that I'm a part of. And in a number of those conversations, the, the conversation eventually made itself to this idea of peace. And I remember um, uh, several moments, several different examples of someone saying, I don't have peace right now. I, I can't find peace right now. But then they would keep talking and they would actually bring up a joyful moment. They, they would bring up something 
that actually did represent the peace of God. But the truth is, in the midst of trying times, it can sometimes be hard to even take notice of those peaceful moments. My invitation for you this week, Sanctuary family and friends, is this. Practice and pay attention to your peace. I want to invite you this this week to not worry about doing a whole lot outside of paying attention to your peace. Here's three, what I'm calling peace-producing practices. The first thing I want you to do and know is that peace comes from remembering God's power and presence. Peace is yours when you're able to remember God's power and presence. In the midst of the chaos that we are experiencing right now, in the midst of the uncertainties that we're experiencing right now, I think one of the best things we can do is to take off the weight of the responsibility of feeling like we have to own it all and we have to hold it all together and remember that we are actually kept by God. Your peace may be right on the other side of your realizing that you are kept by God. Verse 1 tells us that God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. And verse 5 tells us, the first part of verse 5, that God is with us. God is within her, the city of Jerusalem, but, but God is also within us. And because God is within us, we will not fall. Your peace might be right on the other side of remembering that God is keeping us regardless of what's going on around us. The, the second peace-producing practice is, is, is simply this. I believe peace comes on the other side of guarding your heart and your mind. That's the second practice for you, learning to guard your heart and your mind. A few days ago, I was on Facebook, on social media, and it really seemed to me as if every single person on my timeline was going live. And I found myself wrestling with the question, did God really tell all of us to go live right now? There is an overabundance of voices speaking into your life right now. And perhaps, brothers and sisters, the most peace-producing thing you can do is to get off of social media for a few hours. Put the phone down. Close the laptop. Find some place to be with God. Get into God's word. Listen to a worship song. Sit in silence. Pray. Go for a walk outside. Turn off all the Facebook lives. And I realize that I'm speaking to you through Facebook Live. And so if this is one voice you need to minimize this week, I I don't even blame you. But what I'm saying to us is, if every voice is speaking to you and sending you in a different direction, perhaps the reason you can't find your peace is because there's just too much noise. So the second peace-producing practice is to guard your heart and guard your mind. Finally, I want to suggest that peace comes from a future hope. Peace is found in our future hope. Our peace is found in knowing that at the break of day that God will deliver. We cling to a hope that we have in Christ Jesus 
that regardless of what's going on in our life, regardless of what's happening in the moment, regardless of how it appears in the moment, God is our rescue. And perhaps this week, the key to you finding peace is to just remember the hope that is yours in Christ Jesus. Here's what I know, that as we are transformed by the peace that comes from God, then and only then can we pass that peace on to others. And so I'm inviting you this week to remember that God is your keeper. I'm inviting you this week to guard your heart and your mind. I'm inviting you this week to remember the future hope that is yours in Christ Jesus who will deliver us, who will keep us, who has not left us. And so how can you make it through these uncertain times? Pay attention to your peace. And how can you care for family members and friends in this time? Pay attention to your peace first. And how can you look after your neighbors and the most vulnerable around you? None of that happens until you first learn to pay attention to your peace. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have blessed us with your peace. And thank you, God, that your peace is available to us, not once the battle's over, not once the situation has been resolved, but right there in the middle of the struggle, there is a peace from God that flows to God's children. Lord, we thank you that we are called by your name, that you know us, that the numbers of hairs on our head are numbered by you. God, I pray right now that every brother and sister who will come across this video, who is watching live, that they would experience your peace. God, this week, as we go through week two of of this journey, this new way of, of living life for the moment, God, I pray that we would practice your peace. That we would remember we are kept by you. That we would guard our hearts and minds. And that we would look with expectation to the future that you promised us. God, help us. Help us to say, after thinking of who you are and remembering the promises we have in you, that it is well It is well with our soul. God, that doesn't mean that there aren't trying times around us. It doesn't mean that things aren't hard right now, but it means despite what we can see with our eyes, we trust in the God of all creation. So may that be our cry today, O Lord, and in the days to come. It is well. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful that you first loved us. Be with us now, Lord, as we continue in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.